0: strategy simplified today we're taking you behind the scenes of a black belt training so first off what is black belt you're probably asking well it's a consulting prep program combining eight hours of one-on-one coaching resume and cover letter edits digital resources and group training each month through the summer we host a cohort that kicks off with a live private exclusive black belt group training and this episode we're sharing a tidbit from july's training in the training jenny ray larue shares an overview of the consulting interview process and covers case interviews in more detail how to prepare what you need to know so enjoy this short clip and we'd love to have you join the next cohort of black belt which starts august 10th learn more at the link in the show notes
1: inside your interviews your case interview will be 95 percent of your first round score You cannot dazzle them with your personality without passing the case, okay? Um, You can, however, fail the first round if you don't have fit interview questions prepared. You're super waffly or you say something like really off, right? Something super negative, something like, like, like in one of my conversations, somebody said something like incredibly racist. And I was like, Oh my god, you know. And so like even though they did an amazing amazing job inside their case interview, like obviously we could not take them on. So um uh, so inside your fit interview, you just want to have like a little bit of practice for it, but really the first round is about your case interview. In the second round, it's actually a, a majority is on the fit interview because at that point they assume everybody passed the case, right? So you have a harder case interview to help them differentiate between People, but actually, the majority of your scoring um, in the second round is on fit, and I think a lot of people also don't know that. So they case and case and case after the first round, rather than moving their performance over to the fit field. Um, We are trying to prepare you before your first round for the second round interview so that you don't have to spend a lot of your time between rounds working on case. And you can actually focus that time on the fit instead. Um, McKinsey has what is called a command and control style case. Their cases are around 40 pages long. They're created by a central group. The person who gives it to you did not work on the case. There's no outside context they can give you. They cannot refer to anything. What they have is what you get. Um, They will lead you through each piece of the case, and I recommend that everybody start, unless you know that you will not interview with McKinsey or do any command and control style cases at McKinsey or at KPMG or at um, like... Let's see here, who else would use these? Carney, um, like any, if you're not going to interview with any of those firms, then you can go directly to a Bain or a BCG style. Um, but if you think you might, then I recommend starting with McKinsey because McKinsey walks you through what they expect a candidate should do, and they lead you to each of those pieces without you having a lot of agency in between. Um, I think McKinsey cases are the easiest cases with the hardest math. Okay, so McKinsey cases also help you train on the math, but you can't get lost inside the case, flip over to the right side of there. BCG like these cases are super hard because you have to not just identify what the problem is and what a structure is, but you have to figure out what data specifically to ask for to get it from them and you can get very, very lost in a BCG case. Prepping for McKinsey cases can actually begin to help prepare you for BCG cases because it builds some of the muscle memory of like, oh, you know, after we did this, then the next thing to do is this thing. That's what McKinsey takes me toward. That's kind of what BCG would expect as well. Um, Bain is a little bit of a mixture. Bain cases are written more like McKinsey cases. Um, some people at Bain write their own cases. Some people use central cases. More are using central cases this year than ever before. At BCG, everybody writes their own cases. At McKinsey, nobody writes their own case, okay? Um, And so uh, for Bain in particular, it's like a choose your own adventure the case will have usually four to six parts Um, as you go through it when you ask for the part that you need they will give you that part but it could be in a different order inside the case whereas McKinsey is like parts one through six and you do them one, two, three, four, five, six, Bain is one through six but you could do one and then three and then two and then four right and and kind of in a different order Um, again. You can do 20 cases McKinsey style and get a really great baseline for casing and then and then only then move on to the other firms. Um, so McKinsey is our preferred way and inside your coaching sessions, even if your coaches are BCG coaches, um, you wanna tell them that you wanna do more of a command and control style case starting at the very beginning. Um, case interview rounds, really round zero is phone or market sizing and simple questions. If you get this, it's, um, it's largely because you're doing a screening interview with a recruiter or you're going through a non-traditional process. For those of you that are at target schools, you will not have a round zero. Um, round one, a is also usually pre the first interview. Um, the digital assessment is a bottom 5% filter. Um, So what I mean by that is that they're not looking for your score on the digital assessment. They're looking to make sure you don't fail the digital assessment, right? It's one in, in some places used as an English language competency in others, it's a speed test. So usually your main job for the digital assessment is to finish it. Um, A lot of people really focus on getting the answers right, but finishing it is actually in many situations more important. Um, Round 1B, which everybody will have, is usually two interviews of 30 minutes each. They almost always this year, everywhere geographically, will be on Zoom. And then round 2 will be 45 minutes, two to three interviews. You will often have the choice to go in person, or you could do those on Zoom. There are four kinds of case interviews in general, unless you have another case type that is prepped for you, we will be training you for the one-on-one case interview. And the one-on-one case interview trains you for digital presentation and group interviews as well. Um, the one-on-one case interview is 95% plus of the interviews that you will have. It is you versus somebody inside the firm in a head-to-head matchup. Um, and that head-to-head matchup is a dynamic one-on-one conversation. It is your job to demonstrate everything you know in a really short Of time and to have fun doing it. The digital is a gamified process, it's kind of like the math, applied math portion of the GMAT, if any of you haven't taken that, that's kind of what you're prepping for. Um, The presentation interview is where they give you data beforehand and then you present it to a group. They are super time intensive, both for the firm to evaluate and to create. And so firms, thank the Lord, have moved away from that this year. Um, And then group interviews the same, right? It's hard to schedule, it's hard to coordinate, and it's also hard to evaluate. Um, So so like I mentioned, you will know if you do any one of the three bottom ones of these, the majority of your prep, our focus for you is going to be on the one-on-one interview. Just tell a coach immediately if you hear something different from any of the firms that you're applying for. So um, the first part is case interview openings. You're going to, of course, approach this with your coach. And those case interview openings are going to be all important. Um, the case interview anatomy, the first three pieces are the background, the recap, and the case and objective clarification. Those first three parts are going to be mandatory, essential. Um, and the great news about all three of these is that you really have to have very little original thoughts. Okay, Um, there's a lot of patterning in them. You have up to four minutes to complete it. Many of your coaches, especially if you ask them, will use timing at the beginning of the case. Um, I am looking more for the nature of how somebody opens the case rather than the content of how they open the case. I'm looking for confidence, I'm looking for speed, I'm looking for interactivity, right? Um, I'm not necessarily looking for them to ask me the right question at the beginning of the case. So just to take some of the pressure off of you, one of, one of the things that you can learn from are other people's experiences of opening cases. Um, how do you demonstrate confidence? Number one, in the background, um, and I, I'll just go through each one of these. In the background, your job is to take notes, smile while you're taking notes. like, don't look like you are on murder trial. Okay. Um, number two, when you are recapping, give me an introduction that has positive language in it. Something like, this sounds like a super interesting case, or I think I got everything. Let me just recap it to make sure, right? So, something that kind of demonstrates that you know what you're doing and you understand the gamified process of the case. So, when you're asking clarification questions, um, you want to ask advanced style of questions. And the two things make them advanced one is that they're the right kind of questions questions about what you missed, questions about the understanding of the business, like, you know, do you know what kind of way they operate or how they sell or who they sell to, sometimes it's actually not clear in the background, Um, and then clarity on the case objective, like what are you trying to do and how are you measuring that, all of those are going to help you build a more narrow, detailed and specific structure. And the wording for all of those, the second piece is not just asking the right questions, but asking them in the right way. The wording for all of those always includes your hypothesis, right? What I think is this, this company seems like this company, am I right? This company seems like they are a wholesaler, but they also have retail stores. Like the example here, you're using a hypothesis based approach so that somebody can respond to you in a yes or no fashion. Here are the no-no's with questions at the beginning. You don't ask questions before the recap, you don't ask me for new information, you don't ask me whether or not there are other objectives for the business. There are always other objectives for every business. Um, but you don't ask that kind of question inside MBB firms. You know that they're there, you don't ask them for them because it implies that you are there, therefore going to now include it in the scope of the problem that you're solving. You're not, you have 30 minutes, solve the case, right? Just focus on the key issues.
0: We'll be right back after this quick break We've worked with ballet dancers, doctors, teachers, engineers, and all other forms of underdogs to help them break into management consulting. And we'd love to help you do the same through our Black Belt Case Prep Program. In Black Belt, you receive one-on-one mentorship and prep support from a former McKinsey, Bain, or BCG consultant, eight hours in total. Your coach will develop a personalized plan for you and guide you through that plan via drill-based coaching sessions. Black Belt also includes resume and cover letter edits, because case prep is only so good if you don't get the interview. In addition, Black Belt gives you a digital suite of comprehensive training materials covering everything you need to know about management consulting recruiting. Last but not least, Black Belt gives you a private group training session on the fundamentals of consulting recruiting. 80% of Black Belt's land offers, which is why it's the world's most effective consulting prep program. If you're ready to quit wasting time in your prep process, join today. We've seen it all. Chances are we've already helped someone in your specific situation land a consulting offer. We regularly sell out our black belt cohorts, so check out the link in the show notes to grab your seat today.
1: Next two pieces of the case are the grand pause and the game plan. Um, The grand pause and the game plan, you have two minutes each, ideally on the timeline um, to complete each one of these. Uh, One of the things that we find is a big problem for people is that they create structures that are too weak. So if you feel like your structures are weak, ask your coach to time you. Usually you're using too little time and you feel like you're rushing because you feel like you're using up two minutes, but you actually have more time. And then when they time you, it'll give you the sense of like, I can keep going until the timer goes on. The biggest problem with the game plan when you're delivering your structure um, is that you deliver it in a fashion that is confusing, and I cannot write it down. When I'm on Zoom, I want to be able to exactly mirror what you have written on your paper on mine. And somebody who does an awesome job of reading out their structure within two minutes explains, I have four categories, category A, B, C, and D. In category one, I have three bullet points. Bullet point one is, bullet point two is, bullet point three is. They help me understand when I'm moving from an explanation of what a bullet point is to the next bullet point. Um, And so that kind of really crisp and clean structure is an automatic differentiator inside your structure. It helps overcompensate for any issues of the um, kind of content inside your structure. So how you read it out is as important as what you put in your structure. You can evaluate the nature of a structure, whether somebody has a good quality structure at the beginning of the case, but whether it is a sufficient structure, whether it solved the case, I can only tell by the end. Right? So um, you can evaluate your structures twice. One is at the beginning of the case, Like, hey, that took two minutes. It sounded and looked like a structure. It seems like it's got some really great content in it. There wasn't any overlap. Um, It's super clear. But you can also evaluate it at the end. Your structure on your paper really should look like this. It has four categories. Um, I generally recommend that you just write them down in the order they come out of your brain. And then at the end, you number them. Because even if you're using the profitability framework, you're going to write them down and you're going to be like, you know what the issue is in this case? It's volumes, that's the problem. And then you want to tell me not prices, volumes, variable costs, and fixed costs. You want to say volumes and then variable costs and then prices and then fixed costs, right? You want to drive me toward the things that are the highest priority. McKinsey in particular really likes this when you use a prioritization of your structures. Each of your structure areas will have data points underneath them. Um, There are three to four data points that are ideal under each one of your categories. You can come up with a three part structure, but really four is best. Um, These are the 10 kinds of case problems that we have inside the case library. I would recommend, and I put this on the end part of this, that as y'all are working through cases, your first 10 cases, you address one of each of these. Level one cases, which are for round one, um, one of each of these types. If you do that, you're gonna feel like you get a good survey of the business problems that you like to see. The orange ones are the ones that generally lend themselves to yes or no answers, or what we call the defined hypothesis from the previous slide. Okay, um, you can, when you are creating case interview buckets, you can mix and match and should mix and match. In general, the two buckets that I don't wanna see inside any of our black belts um, categories are revenue or cost. I mean, literally, you might just want to put money as one of them. Like, it's, you know, yes, we want to make more revenue. Yes, we want to reduce costs. It's kind of like a given. What we want to talk about are all of the levers by which we can change the revenue or the cost of a business. Okay. So revenue or cost are not valid buckets that you can or should use. You can use Um, And I also don't really like a financials bucket. We're talking about the levers of revenue costs and financials. And so stick to the ones on the outside of here or any other ones that can be practically applied. And then when you are creating advanced structures, you can go beyond the structures that are in our video case interview bootcamp that you're welcome to watch. Um, the, the mix and match is where you can cannot connect different categories together. Um, prioritization, I've already talked about. Every one of your data points underneath your categories need to be defined by a number. Every slide at McKinsey has a number attached to it. Every slide at Bain has a number attached to it. Even if it's the attrition rate of an HR organization, it always has a number attached to it. Think of the ways that you can measure something, not who are the competitors, but what percentage market share do the competitors have? Not what are the key reasons why employees stay, but what are the top three reasons why employees leave, right? Really defined, clear metrics. And then when in doubt, just be practical. You're running the company, what would you do? I want to now move on to case math. Um, case structure is probably the number one thing that people battle with. And that's why next week we're going to come back and we're going to do a three hour deep dive in our intensive on case structuring. So come to that live if you want to really practice the case structuring process. Um, all of you are invited. It's included in Black Belt. So it's a free, free experience for you. Um, if you can't make it, watch the video afterwards. The other piece, which is what we're going to do in August in the intensive, is case math. And um, case math is really just the focus on right, quantitative questions and creative questions. Um, these quantitative questions are the bulk of the case math. There's five minutes, um, and the quantitative questions are led by the interviewer. They always, in every situation, come in with the data with the exception of a market sizing question. The case map, your job is to break it down into different pieces, but a lot of people forget the most important thing, which is like, make sure you have the right information before you start calculating. Um, So number one, you'll want to recap what you need to do. Number two, you'll tell me the algebra that you'll use. Number three, you're going to focus on solving it, doing the mechanics of the math. And number four is hypothesizing the insights. Um, Each one of these tie to an area of potential weakness. Recapping is really a volume of practice, right? Have you heard enough prompts and practice gathering the information? Structuring is understanding business formulas. Solving is understanding mental math, the mechanics of calculation. And insights is business information. That's where like the the, um, industry primers can really help you. Um, And so... One of your jobs with your coach is to help figure out not just are you bad at math, but that you're bad at one part of math so that you can focus on that issue to really bulk up on that issue. And um, for me, I was really like I just didn't have a lot of business understanding, even though I did a business degree. Um, So I wasn't able to drive to the insights effectively. So I was able to calculate fine. You know, I had good math scores on my um, examples. I could do the algebra, but I didn't actually come up with the insights very well. And so help them push you on these areas. You can also do a self-diagnosis and go into your interviews with your coaches, telling them what you think is a weak area for you. Um, And then the three insight levels, level one is this is what the numbers say, level two is here's the action the client should take, and level three is here's the next piece of analysis that we should do. And then this on this page is all of the um, formulas that you need to know. We have the business formulas and the business basics bootcamp um, that you can go through. So if you don't know, like if you're not like, oh, I understand how to calculate that or what the concepts are, go and do that bootcamp on the platform. And um, that bootcamp is going to help you just like bulk up. So you feel like you're not going to get blindsided by a concept inside the cases. It's like an MBA in three hours, right? Not really, but, but it's good enough. Um, The second to last piece is the case creative questions. These are brainstorming questions. And honestly, practicing for great structure at the beginning of the case helps you practice for brainstorming. Um, The only exception here is that you are writing and talking at the same time. So whereas at the beginning you ask for time to build your structure, inside the case creative process, you're going to write and talk simultaneously. So you'll still want to recap the background You will build out the structure verbally, then you will go back and you will add some data points to the structure. And then at the end, you'll tell them where you wanna go first. And then they will generally ask you what else do you wanna do? They're pushing the boundaries of your creativity. Um, Once you've practiced, Five of these, I think a lot of people feel like they get them down. So these are something that you can be immediately bad at, but the badness does not persist, just to encourage you. So um, if you haven't done five cases yet and you haven't done any drills on case creative, that's a really easy place to get a good win inside the case. Your structure will generally have three buckets. Here you need two data points per bucket or three. You don't have to go into so much detail. And the last part is case closings. So the case closings at the end and your first round can make a massive difference. Um, It comes at the end of the case, but for Bain and for BCG, for example, they haven't scored you at all until this point. And so if you just like crush the case summary, I saw it a number of times, I would be like, oh, you know that person seemed like they were sleepy at the beginning, but they came on pretty strong at the end. So I think we should give them a second round. Um, if you give up, you will definitely not pass the interview. So don't give up, just go for it, no matter what happens the rest of the interview. And if you want to cry, do it through your trembling voice, but just go for it, right, at the end. Um, you're trying to, in under two minutes, explain what you recommend based on the data there. The worst case closings are non-closings. It's when people say, well, we don't have enough information and we didn't conclude anything and I don't know what we want to do next. The best ones say, we don't have a lot of information, but here's what I would do based on the information that we do have. Here's what we looked at and this is what I would like to do next. Think of it as the end of an interim meeting, not the end of a project, okay? So it's kind of like basically saying, here's where I've gotten to so far and this is what I want to do next.
0: Thanks for tweeting into Strategy Simplified. Join BlackBelt for one-on-one interview prep support, resume and cover letter edits, digital resources, and this amazing group training led by Jenny Ray Larue. Next BlackBelt cohort starts August 10th. If you're at a partner program, if your school partners with Management Consulted for consulting prep resources, you get a discount on BlackBelt. Write us for the code and to see if you are at a partner program. The email to write is team, T-E-A-M, at managementconsulted.com. We'd love to have you in the next cohort of Blackville. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you again next time.